I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome on into another edition of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here, and I've always a lot of things to talk about. The sports world is waking up, and the Redskins, as in the Washington Redskins, um, are have decided that uh, they need to retire the name and uh, move in a different direction. A lot of feelings about this personally, and uh, they they're, they're across the board, I think, for the most part. But I've always grown up with mascots and team names and high school name all of that stuff i to me it's always represented someone giving respect to um an individual a type of uh person an animal whatever it might be and so i've always looked at it as as not something that was meant to be demeaning hurtful or terrible. Any any person who owns a business like a, an NFL franchise does not want to have a name that people despise. And they go, oh yeah, this is terrible. You know, I I don't want to buy your product. I mean, that's basic business sense, right? You just don't do that. So I, I don't ever think that the, the name for the, the Washington Redskins was ever intended to be uh, derogatory. I really don't think it was was meant uh, to be mean or demeaning. And I think if if the owners or people in the National Football League ever felt that way, I think they would have would have changed their mind. So I personally have never have never viewed it that way. So I've I've never I've never looked at this from the perspective of this is this is like um, hurtful or demeaning. I've I've taken like you you have the all these trophies that are named after people the Vince Lombardi Trophy or uh, the Fred Bolitnikoff Trophy the Dave Remington the Davey O'Brien the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award right they they were recognized from people who were like look I I <clears throat> um, were eternally mortal, uh, immortalizing this person by saying. What they did was excellence that will live on forever. And we're going to immortalize it with these, these trophies. So every year, someone's getting that, and we're reminded of the greatness of a Lombardi or a Walter Payton or some of these, these other, other people. So I've always looked at it from that perspective. Now, it's different when it's uh, maybe a type of name, right? It's not a person or it's, you know, it, it's like the Redskins, you, you know, it doesn't, 
it doesn't define a, a group of people. It's, it's a term. And, and like there, I'm actually part Native American Indian. Uh, my great, great grandmother was um, a Cherokee Indian. And, and so, um, so I have Native American blood in me. And, and I'm not, you know, active. Hang on. <coughs> Excuse me for that. Um, I'm not someone who, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm not an active person in a, in a, uh, an Indian tribe or anything like that, but, but I do have it in me. And I, and I, I've always looked at, at that as something that was not meant to be demeaning. However, I do know that there have been times that people have said things or have done things about certain things that maybe I associate with that I have found to be um, uh, offensive. And I'll give you an example. Um, when, so there's this, so I'm, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A lot of people associate that with being a Mormon. And there's a very popular and very successful play on Broadway called The Book of Mormon. And, and it, it has a different look on my culture and the things that I personally hold dear to my heart. And I have never watched, I've seen excerpts uh, from what I've watched. It's not something that I really, you know, am, am really looking to watch. Um, and it's, it, it does make you feel uncomfortable. There are times when some national story happens and it's about some splinter group from my church who's not even affiliated with it. And it, and it, and it, and then they, they tend to lump everyone into, or you start becoming uh, associated with whatever this might be. And so I began to realize that although mascots, team names, all of this, I believe the intention was good. Sometimes things we say and do actually, I get it, they're, they're offensive to people. And it actually kind of uh, is demeaning. And, and you know what, if that's the case, then I think a change is in order. And the reality is, is the, Wa the, the Washington NFL team, as they're now called, has an opportunity to establish a new identity, one that can maybe be one that people can really embrace and get behind, because that's, that's what the idea of a mascot is, is we're rallying behind what, what our team represents. And I don't think there could be a better opportunity considering the Washington team is in our nation's capital. And we're a nation right now that's really divided. And there's a lot of people on both sides of the fence on a lot of issues. And they become very personal and very heated. And here's an opportunity to create some kind of mascot that maybe we all can get behind. And one that really binds us and brings us together and, and represents uh, us as a collective group. And, and there's a great opportunity here 
for, for Washington to do this. So hopefully they'll be able to do it. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We come back. Uh, all the Power Five schools, I shouldn't say all, but a, a, a large majority of them are now deciding that they're only going to play in their conference. And what's that going to look like? And I'll give you some of my thoughts here. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your old host here, back for uh, the old round number two. And, of course, we have uh, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, a lot of these other conferences, ACC, Big Big 12, and, and of course, the SEC are going to make decisions later on. But right now, two of the five Power Five conferences has decided to go to conference-only schedules. Now, this is, um, this is interesting because – there's, there's a dynamic, and I'm just going to speak with the, the Pac-12 to start with, but there's some really deep, long-abiding rivalry games that are going to be affected by this, massively affected by this. And so you've got BYU and Utah to start the season. You have USC and Notre Dame. And, uh, and you have USC and Stanford to some degree is actually or, or not USC but uh, Notre Dame and Stanford later on the, in the year that uh, j- just from a rivalry game perspective. So that's that's a um, you know if you're a college football fan, I know here in the state of Utah it's 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 quite a big deal to actually have that rivalry game. It's it's usually been at the end of the year. Last year, it was at the beginning of the year, and it was a really fun build-up to the season to have that game. I personally am really disappointed that that game's not going to happen uh, this year. And, and it's, just, it's, you know, it's kind of a sad commentary on, on what's happening as far as this, this um, conference-only schedule. And so, it, it, to me, um, just seeing those two games right now is certainly – massively disappointed and you have some schools like BYU who's an independent they've lost they've lost five games on their schedule and and that's that's scary it's scary from a a revenue standpoint it's scary from uh you know just getting a sense of your season and your fan base and and potentially losing a portion of your fan base but uh you know not a lot to look forward to in in the fall so so that, that's kind of my first glance is, is these rivalry games. But then you have, um, you have this, um, these, these non-conference games that early on, there were some big, big games in the Pac-12. You had Oregon, uh, who was hosting Ohio State. 
that's huge. And that's early on, that's week one or two in the season. And, and, and here, here's an opportunity because college football wants to have more inclusion. They need to have a national base of, of teams. The Pac-12 has kind of taken a hit in recent years as far as its relevance and hadn't had a team in the, in the playoffs in, in several years. And, and so here's Oregon that's emerging as one of the, the top, top teams in the conference. And they've got a chance to host Ohio State in Autzen Stadium in Eugene, which is, which is incredible. So you're, you're looking at this and you're saying, oh, this is just such a missed opportunity for college football, not only for what I've just described in the rivalry, but also you, you have this um, early on in the season, all the non-conference games are usually against easy opponents. And so the games are terrible early on in the year. But when you have a great marquee matchup like this early on in the year, it's one of the really good things to look forward in college football. And that's gone. And I hate that. And there's another game. USC is, is, was supposed to play Alabama in, in Dallas. And again, another early season game. And so with this, this whole conference-only play, it, it dramatically minimizes uh, what, you can, what, you know, what you're going to get as far as a product in college football. And, and, I, and, and it's, it's really disappointing to, to see that. Um, but what, you know, what will be interesting is, is kind of how these, how these schools and how these teams decide to uh, change and modify their schedule. Now, why are they doing this? And that, I think that's part, part of the question. Um, you, you, have to, you have to answer for yourself. But um, I think one of the main, the main reasons is we have a situation in our country that's fluid. It's changing, I swear, multiple times in a day. And when it changes, it seems to be rather dramatic changes. It, it, they're not so subtle. They're, they're kind of like, you know, going to, hey, let's go out and let's socialize to we're shutting down, we're closing everything down. Infection rates dramatically jump from, you know, in some of these places, uh, Florida, Texas, Arizona, that hadn't had issues early on. And even places like Utah, where I live, have, have had these dramatic increases. So um, these schools need to have flexibility. And it's a, it's, a massive, it's a massive part of the flexibility to wait and see. And so if, if you think about this whole thing when it started, the, the, the number one objective here is to have a college football season. And you go through, well, what's the, what's the bare minimum that we could have and still have a college football season? And then what are all of the different scenarios to reach that bare minimum? And so, you know, one of the, so I think the, the first thing was we'd love to have the season start on time. And they developed a program that gave them six weeks and <clears throat> student athletes were let back into the to universities on June 1st. And they said, if middle of J July, if we can have that, six week ramp up, we're golden. Well, the problem you run into is you've got, if you just take the Pac-12, you have major metropolitan areas like Los Angeles. You have two schools there, USC, UCLA. And then you have some of these other places like maybe the state of Utah or even places like, you know, Oregon or, or Western or Eastern Washington or some of these, some of these other places that aren't as populated and maybe don't have the same 
uh, infection rates. As, and so you have a conference that geographically and population base is buried. You have Arizona that's, you know, a pretty, pretty big population base, but certainly not like Los Angeles. And, and, and so how do you, you know, how do you make it equitable or even how do you deal with local laws or state laws or restrictions on what people can and can't do? And so it's really hard to get everyone on the same page. It's a very challenging thing. And so to have that flexibility uh, to, to make sure everyone's on the same page, they just, they just have to modify these, these schedules. So the next modification was we can only go conference only. They've seen a spike. And so now the season's probably going to get delayed. Maybe it's not, uh, but maybe it is. I, I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, though, I want to – I think there's a silver lining in actually having conference-only play. I, and I really think it's a, um, a, a, you know, something I think that could be super exciting. We're going to take another break, and we'll get back to it. All right, welcome back to Helmets Off, uh, talking about some of the challenges or some of the maybe benefits of having a, a conference-only schedule. And of course, this is the next step in still trying to have a college football season, is there was hope that they could start the season on time, and now it's, well, let's go conference-only. But conference-only doesn't necessarily mean you're only going to play a limited number of games, it could still mean that you could play your full slate of conference teams. So instead of, instead of in the case of Utah, where you're playing Montana State, Wyoming, and BYU, you could be playing now, instead of not playing Oregon this year, you could play Oregon, not playing Stanford, you could play Stanford this year. And basically, and it'd be a tough schedule, don't get me wrong, but a lot of these schools, have decided that strength of schedule and, and uh, scheduling some of these powder puff schools or, or guaranteed win type of schools for us is not, it's not helpful. And a lot of schools, including the University of Utah, because future schedules include Florida and, and some SEC schools in, in their, in their um, schedule to say, hey, we've got to have good programs. Well, here's a year to kind of test that theory out. You're going to have an all an all power five conference schedule. And that, that could get really exciting. And to me, as I started to think about it, um, they've even talked about this being really flexible. So you could maybe get all 12 of your games in, in the regular season, or maybe it's 11, or maybe it's 10, or maybe it's nine, whatever. But, but the, the possibility of saying, okay, look, because the Pac-12 in their conference, they, they own everything. So they can, they can say, well, instead of Utah having its conference opener at home against USC, that first game of the season is now in Pullman, Washington. And, and it's even discussed that you'll just know two weeks in advance what your schedule is. So, so it's this whole flex schedule where they can, they can move it around. They can change where your bye week was to where it's going to be now. And that, to me, I think is, is very intriguing, and it gives you some of this excitement. And it kind of, kind of helps to eliminate um, some of that early season dullness of some of these you know, boring 
early early season matchups. Uh, so you're going to get you know get conference only. It'd be fun for Utah to play Oregon and to see if there's some redemption from a year ago in the Pac-12 championship game or or some of these other schools or to have a school from the Pac-12 and I don't know where national championship plays, college playoffs, bowl games. That's all way up in the air right now. But if a team from the Pac-12 runs the conference, has one loss, you know, certainly would make the college playoffs. They might even make the college playoffs with two losses. Who knows at this point? I mean, maybe maybe conference-only schedules, um, very rarely will a team get through unscathed and win every single game. And that, that may give you an idea, okay, you know, some of these schools like Alabama that has five conference games and five cupcake games a year uh, actually isn't as good as everyone thought they were. Needless to say, I, I just I just feel like this is uh, this silver lining in 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 all this could could end up being a, a really good thing. What's going to happen is it's going to change. This is going to just this this whole idea of just conference only may be modified. It may be changed. It could be better. It could be worse. All I know is that it will change and it'll change dramatically because we're kind of living in an uncharted area fun to watch fun to stay uh tuned into and we'll see where it all ends up at the end of the day hopefully we'll be able to just even get the college football season played all right helmets off is now off you can uh find uh, helmets at um uh we're on the internet somewhere we're on facebook at the helmets off uh podcast twitter at the helmets off show we're powered by ksl sports until then we'll catch you soon Thank you.